Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Jordan trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! Against Gil, the crowd on its feet. Allen for the win! To the Sneaker History Podcast. What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name's Nick Ingvall. Here with my guys, Robbie and Mike. Ready for another episode. What's going on, fellas? Yo, not much. I'm sitting here uh, watching my Rockets actually play well tonight because my Astros aren't, so somebody's got to do something for me. <laughs> What's up, Robbie? Try not to have internal dialogues with myself like Russ and James Harden had on the sideline earlier tonight where they were screaming at each other when I don't get a sneaker release. So. <laughs> That's a friend do You yell at each other. <laughs> yeah, if, if I could not have internal dialogues in my head, like, yeah, I mean, that's basically what what my mind looks like. I don't know, probably like 18 hours a day. Uh, but. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's why I can't sleep at night. I'm yelling at myself. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're, this is episode 68, I believe, which is insane. So, so keeping cool. it moving. We got plenty of, plenty of good stuff to talk about tonight, too. So, um, but first, uh, a, little bit, a little bit of business matters. We've got a pretty good review. Robbie, you want to uh, read that for us? Yeah. So it came from She Got Game, and it was very nice, something kind of, it plays into what we try to do here, something for the young and the old. Um, she said, great mix of throwback knowledge and current sneaker news, informative and interesting, whether you're a casual fan of sneakers, collectors, um, or have been around since the Nike talk days. So we kind of do bridge all those gaps, or at least we try to. And super cool news. We went back up to five out of five ratings with that. So. They like us. They really like us. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, it's it's uh, it's nice to it's nice to hear from she got game. She's uh, one of the old school folks in this business and definitely been around doing a lot of cool stuff. So thank you, Megan. Um, you should definitely check out her Instagram. Give her a follow at she got game does a lot of cool stuff and laces a lot of uh, athletes with fits that uh, most of the time I'm not capable of pulling off, but she makes people look good for a living. So helpful to all of society. We're also not six four. <laughs> Sorry. It's like, we're also not six, four and athletic. So yeah. it's like the, the outfits look a little different. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I guess, you know, we, we can kind of just jump right into, uh, some crazy stuff going on today. Big Baller brand is back in the news. They are apparently 
well, it depends on how you look at it. So they're front and center on Soul Collector, quoted as saying that the brand is alive and well. But if you go to bigballerbrand.com right now, it basically forwards you to Alan Foster, who was one of the partners that the Ball family accused of embezzling one and a half million dollars from the brand. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's kind of even crazier that uh, Darren Ravel chimed in and called the brand officially dead. I I just feel like this is about par for the course for Big Baller Brand. And yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? <laughs> it's dead. It's gone. Probably for the best, just because, I mean, I've seen Lonzo ever since, heck, preseason. He's been rocking Kobe fours all preseason. Start of the season is wearing Kobe fours has basically said, I'm done with big brawler brand to I can't remember what, what podcast he was on, but he was like, yeah, it's, it's done. The shoe is trash. We're out of here. His little brother, our youngest brother, um, LaMelo, who's out and who's balling super hard right now in Australia has laced up some old Nike heat. You see, there's this like pretty solid picture of him dunking them in the uh, KD four weatherman. He's projected to be top three pick, if not number one right now for the way he's playing. Nike recognizes that. I don't see why he wouldn't get a contract. This is the quietest you've seen LeVar Ball. There's no more boisterous bravado coming from, you know, the, the, the patriarch of the family. It's all kind of crumbling, but I feel like for, probably best for the company and just for their family's sake, because they're all kind of at odds with each other. So I say if you're the Ball family, let it die try new venture like it's all right it's all right to admit failure and do something else where's jello at though in all this i'm just kidding nobody likes jello just trying to make it man <laughs> he's just trying to make it right um what's what's really funny is on the website if you click on like the the pricing structure and you scroll down he directly talks about the suit that's going on so he's like yeah I know I'm being sued for embezzling this company. I'm still going to flip their product though, because we have a warehouse of this shit sitting here and we got to do something with it. Um, but he's doing that. And he's also apparently trying to like float around movie rights to like the real story of big baller brand. And I can just see like Keenan Thompson with like, you know, a bald wig <laughs> on doing like a lifetime movie being the VAR ball from his SNL LeVar ball, like impersonation. That'd be super funny. Um, but the brand's dead. I mean, they're just trying to do what any company does when they have inventory that they can't sell. Reduce it as low as you possibly can to recuperate whatever you can. So, I mean, maybe he's trying to just like, I mean, obviously he's trying to get more money out of it, but he's like, all right, embezzling millions wasn't enough. Let's see if I can make another couple hundred thousand out of it. And he's even offering his services as like a consultant and like coach. So if you want to learn how to embezzle and have multiple failing, you know, you know, failures of companies, um, th this gentleman's definitely your man. So ironic. Perfect. That's exactly what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Just like just a cool five grand, right? Right. 
He's like, let me learn. <laughs> you want to learn some real good spy skills? Go learn from Mr. Magoo. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, my my favorite thing. So, <laughs> it's it's so mind boggling to to read all this stuff and like know that he's basically you know being sued on one hand and he's trying to keep this you know kind of thing rolling in some other way you know i don't i don't want to like assume he's guilty but just it feels really slimy and my favorite thing on the site is the regular contest to meet alan as a bonus twice a year we will hold contests for our members to have a chance to win an all-expense paid trip to spend three days with alan foster a fifty thousand dollar value this contest encourages members of the Baller Financial Network to learn from one another during a three-day retreat. So, according to the site, they have 758 members of the Baller Financial Network in 33 countries, 100% satisfaction. Uh, I don't know where those numbers came from, but the site is literally just like a, a, a theme that you just plug in the, the data and have, you know, have your site. I feel like it's like, you know, all those like Wix commercials or uh, Square or whatever. Squarespace and stock photos. <laughs> yeah, stock photos. I mean, it, it literally looks like, you know, the so the last thing I was going to say is it literally looks like one of the things that he says as a service uh, is making a pro athlete. And the picture looks as if the it's photoshopped of Lonzo Ball staring away from him and him in the same suit that he's in in the rest of the site, like on his phone, looking up like endearingly at Lonzo Ball. So clearly, clearly there's just a lot of stuff going on here. I got a question, though. It's about the, the all expense $50,000 trip. So what if he's in jail? I mean... They're going to they pay for that jail visit. Hey, come, come and sit across the glass and talk to Alan Foster. We'll, we'll pay for your jail visit. <laughs> Conjugal visit to see him. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa too, too far now. <laughs> hey, I mean, you got to get your 50000 somehow, right? $50,000. <laughs> you, know you get it, I guess. <laughs> Oh man. So uh yeah, shout out shout out to slash rest in peace to Big Baller Brand. Um, but welcome to the Baller Financial Network, the elite online mentor courses. Uh I don't know, but that note, let's uh let's get to uh some more uh changing of leadership and a little less shadiness, I think, but I don't mean to I don't mean to assume, Alan. I'm sorry, Alan, that I'm assuming, but it doesn't look good for you. But on the other hand, it does look good for Nike, in my opinion. They've got a uh, got some big news with uh, Mark Parker stepping down as CEO. Robbie, uh, what's the buzz in Portland on this? Um, nine. I wish I had a cool answer, like my ears to the ground that deeply, but I don't have any insight like that. But it's really interesting that this is also happening alongside the Under Armour CEO being replaced. So it's like a lot of big shakeup going on in like the executive level here in Portland. Um, I mean, what's what people forget about Mark is that outside of like the controversy recently, 
is that he really spearheaded like design and the athlete being really fo- like a really big aspect of the brand and what they do. I mean, Nike's always been about the athlete. That's no surprise. But Mark helped usher in, you know, tons of new technology from like free to react um, underneath, you know, his guidance and really push the brand forward technologically when they were kind of in the same space. I feel like in the early 2000s, they were kind of just releasing the same kind of stuff just on top of Air Max and on top of, you know, shocks and everything. So it's it's interesting to see what this new CEO does as somebody without like shoe or design background running the biggest shoe company. Um, a lot of CEOs aren't from the industry that they run. That's nothing new. But um, I'm curious to see what direction they go in now. He used to be the CEO of eBay. So he definitely knows a lot about supply and demand. And obviously, well, that's the business principle 101. But with what Nike's trying to do with their, you know, their lines to consumer in terms of closing out smaller retail accounts and everything, maybe he's being brought on for his experience selling something, selling product through a business that doesn't have its own products like eBay moves other people's stuff. So if he can get that and have that succeeding and thriving, it's going to be curious to see what kind of innovations and ideas he has about, you know, the supply line for a big brand on the go forward. What you think, Mike? That was kind of exactly what I was thinking. Um, I've heard a lot of different thoughts from different, you know, you know, podcasts, you know, different outlets that we follow every day, just in the sneaker world. And it's just, it's kind of crazy, or I guess it's not crazy that after on the heels of the news of them trying to go ahead and get out a bunch of the, uh, like that, the middleman out of those, you know, uh, basically supplying these smaller stores with, with product, they're going to a guy who deals with e-commerce. And the fact that the, the, I mean, eBay's have been a pro at it. They've been around for 20 plus years now. And they're not going anywhere. My only question is, I mean, without somebody kind of being the the champion for designs, will the design start to fail? Will we just literally just be getting retros left and right with less innovation? Or is that culture like has that culture been bought in so well that even with Mark Parker not being there, will they still be able to go ahead and push forward those new designs, push forward that new innovative technology? And give us something new. Uh, how do you guys feel about that? Do you, you think that I should question that or you think that's in safe hands at this point? Uh, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts around this whole thing, and I think that that's definitely one of them. I'm all for like, you know, fresh eyes on things and bringing new people in to give you a different perspective. It's a little concerning only because, you know, Mark Parker was with Nike since, you know, since I. 79 he's been there for 40 years you know and worked in design from the very beginning so the level the level of understanding that he has of the jobs that are there the people that are there you know he i know he was a a, a, like a corporate vice president for a while general manager for a while vp of global footwear you know eventually ceo and i think this is you know and he always Obviously, as sneakerheads, we see him 
you know, dipping his toes back in the design side with like the HTM stuff. And I think that those, those things are massively important to his success. I think that, you know, generally speaking, like obviously there was a little bit of a, l- a little bit of questioning and like the, the whole um, doping thing that came up that we talked about a few, few episodes back, but I don't think that, you know, he's by any means like a bad person. I think that he he's proven over and over again that he does a lot of good things, you know, for the environment, for the business, for people in general. And it's, you know, it's going to be really tough shoes, you know, to fill for Donahue. And um, I also think that one thing that will. One thing that'll be really challenging is how do you take what Nike's done in terms of, you know, the like in-person presence, whether that's stores, whether that's events, whether that's, you know, releases. And I hope that this new CEO doesn't go too far into the eBay world, you know, and, you know, he's, he's, he was CEO at eBay. He was CEO at, I think this is his fourth CEO position and he's been involved with Nike for a few years, but I look at that and I think if I'm looking at eBay, what's their biggest fault? Well, so I worked for my dad with my dad years ago, teaching people how to use eBay when it first started, he was a partner, um, with eBay. I had a business selling car parts on eBay back in the day. This is, you know, a long time ago, you know, 15, 18 years ago, whatever it was. And eBay provided provided a lot of cool things. Back in the day, they used to do in-person events. There was ways for you to connect with the people that works at the at the company. And I think that that is the one thing that's truly missing from eBay that hurts them the most right now you know it's fully digital it's hard to find customer service it's it's you feel completely disconnected they do have small events for some of their biggest sellers but like back in the day you used to go to an event called ebay live where if you were a user of the site you could sign up for it and go or or if you were like a you know one of their like partners that was teaching how to use the site or different tools that were third party for the site apps that people built to use on the site then you could go to these things and you could meet with more people in that community that were, you know, essentially trying to create their own hustle one way or another. And that is, you know, to me, the biggest, the biggest miss for eBay. And to hear this happening, you know, as Nike's looking at moving away from having retail partners, I don't know that this all translates, you know, the right way for the buy, like, for the consumer it will translate you know to the bottom line but you know mark parker is also a completely different type of leader in that sense you know like there's there was stories of him you know like i i know like you know he basically took like a huge pay cut because the company wasn't going to hit their numbers and they ended up laying off people so he took essentially a huge pay cut um I think this is like 2016, 2017. It was it was three or four years ago. But that's something that most CEOs do not do. In order to take, 
you know, I mean, I think, I think it was something like 60, 70%. So it's a huge chunk of money. Right. And granted, you know, you're making millions. It's probably not as big of a deal, but you, you, you just aren't going to find people that are going to like take that pay cut for the betterment of the company, for the betterment of those people that are laid off, whatever. So then that to me just is right back to, you know, Donahue is going to have a huge presence to replace. And, you know, I hope that he's able to do it. Did you not want to say shoes to fill? Yeah, well, I don't know what size shoe uh, Mark Parker wears, so I figure it doesn't make sense to say it. <laughs> well, you got Nike. So what? So what are your thoughts on Under Armour? I mean, again, no, another guy in, in Oregon, uh, Kevin Plank, is stepping down as well, but he's still staying involved with the company, if I'm not mistaken. He's just going to be on the board. I can't remember the exact position, but he's just stepping down as CEO. He's not actually stepping away completely. I mean, I think that Kevin Plank uh, has been. He, he's been. In a tough position with Under Armour from the very get go, right? You know, Under Armour. Kind of. They had a they had a, like a major misstep, in my opinion, a few years back when they were, you know, when he was like so supportive of Trump and, you know, it, it backfired on them because you know, unlike Nike, where they're Nike's able to turn everything around into like a positive and like, you know, they've always been very, you know, regardless of, of their, you know, like Phil Knight is, is, you know, completely on the other side of the spectrum when it comes to political be beliefs compared to Mark Parker, but they do what's right for the brand, regardless of those individuals, political beliefs. And I think that Kevin Plank was never able to fully separate himself from that. And he kind of, you know, went at it so strong-willed that it backfired. Um, but I also think that Under Armour is, you know, they, they've been talking about kind of refocusing on this like performance aspect and performance, you know, uh, apparel and stuff like that. And and I don't know that that's the right thing right now. I, don't, I mean, well, for me, it's like athleisure is getting bigger and bigger if you watch this netflix series called explained on the most recent episode they talk about the power and the sales of athleisure and it's like the most popular like athlete i mean clothing division there is so with that said if i have a choice as a man or woman to buy athleisure clothing from Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, Lululemon, and there's even more like proprietary like clothing brands out there for like specialized yoga or you know whatever it might be and I'm not very inclined to buy Under Armour out of any of those options like focusing a like a campaign or whatnot and you know a directive towards that when you're when you're not gonna really have a space in that market i mean they have a space i see guys at the gym all the time wearing under armor but it's always like under armor stuff you can get at ross and we talked about ross last episode i just saw full curry line shorts t-shirt shoes all at ross 
full size runs of everything. So they've just never really been able to have a dominant foothold in any real footwear or clothing category outside of Curry, like the Curry one and two, like that first powerful push where like Curry was everywhere and the shoes were good and it was popular. They let that kind of iron drop while it was hot. And from then on, maybe it was like Kevin Durant coming and joining forces with Steph. It kind of t- took some of the limelight and shared it with him. But that basketball division has never been the same. You have Joel Embiid, who, you know, I would say it's a top five personality and a top 10 talent in the NBA. And I was just watching the Sixers game last night or two nights ago. And I could not tell you what shoes he's wearing. He's wearing some really ugly ass team Under Armour shoes. It's like, well, why don't you have Joel Embiid doing more? Why isn't he in commercials? I see him in Sprite commercials. I see him everywhere else, but Under Armour. Like I forget he's even on that team. So there's just so many things that haven't been hitting or they haven't thought of hitting that a shakeup at CEO, fresh set of eyes, maybe a different initiative is really going to help. Um, so I, I don't see how it can hurt at this point. Like they're kind of at the shitty crosshairs right now and, and then they have to make some kind of move. And this is a, you know, the only real step out of the proverbial, you know, hole. Yeah. And I think I don't know this for a fact, like their numbers are what sells the best, but just looking and thinking about their product. I mean, when it comes to just their basic product, I feel like a lot of things that they will sell best is going to be, of course, the, uh, you know, that, that base layer, that's what they're known for that base layer clothing. That, this going to be something there they'll sell best because that's what they know. But again, every other brand sells that base layer as well. But another thing they do well, I guess, is going to be hunting deal, which is a, a big, relatively big segment, not necessarily as big as like basketball, football, anything like that. But I think that they had such a huge opportunity with Joel Embiid, huge opportunity, a, a huge personality like Robbie mentioned. They lost out on an on opportunity they had with, um, with ASAP Rocky, who they just, I don't know the whole deal with that because first of all they didn't come prepared for that deal because he was still wearing other sneakers when he was on that deal still on that contract they gave him that you know big skate shoe for four hundred dollars that they tried to sell that did nothing and they didn't come prepared with a few models in in the uh basically in a cooker form like they, there was nothing ready and they because their plan was to hey let's jump into this you know fashionable athleisure Let's get these, uh, let's do what Adidas is doing, Nike's doing. Let's get entertainers. I mean, they got The Rock, but he's purely working out. He's not known as a fashion forward uh, personality. He's a big personality, and that, his product sells like no other. But it's still, the, the Rock does not reach, you know, the, you know, the, the, the wannabe rapper, the wannabe fashion designer, the wannabe NBA player is not chasing what The Rock is selling. Not that he's doing anything wrong. He's perfectly reaching his segment and doing very good at it. Like his product is actually very solid, but their price points as well. Don't compete in a sense of if you, besides the stuff you find at Ross, because it's just not selling. But if you go to like any kind of sporting goods store, Under Armour is always between like five to $10 more in each product 
besides shoes, each clothing product than your Nike, Adidas, everybody else. And it's same deal with outlets. You go to Nike, I can go buy some some top notch stuff. They have like, you know, a million different percents off, but I walk in, their stuff's still full price, pretty much an outlet. So not only is the product not appealing, but it's gonna cost more. So hopefully the new person they're bringing in has, you know, a Mark Parker mind frame of design. Let's push design forward and see what happens from there. I mean, I, I don't know that that will happen for Under Armour. I think they're I think they're in a tough spot because they they used to have like very trend worthy like designs. I think of like the, you know, like on our Patreon episode this week, we talk about, you know, buying for nostalgia or buying for like technology and, and you know, moving forward, like more forward thinking designs. And this is kind of where I see Under Armour, where they had this really good start to basketball. You know, footwear is like basketball leads footwear, in my opinion. You know, they can they can do well in running and that might translate to basketball. But until they capture basketball as like a cool, um, like, you know, co-signed by the sneakerheads sort of thing that doesn't really translate to the rest of the brand's designs. And they've always struggled to keep people, you know, at Under Armour, you know, there's there's people, you know, the guys that guys that are designing like, you know, like the Hirachi Adapt at Nike are old Under Armour guys. So th- that is part of the problem. They had a good a good kind of a group of guys that knew basketball footwear. A lot of the guys came from and ones, you know, successful years. And that translated into a lot of the Brandon Jennings shoes, the micro G technology the you know um the prototype to the the bloodline some of the really like kind of slick looking basketball shoes that under armor created then there was this shift in design that kind of threw them towards like all this steph curry stuff and like the early steph curry stuff you know and the anatomic spawn and stuff like that it was just too far out there for a brand that you know when you're competing with with nike who really knows how to make things look good but also perform and you're kind of almost too aggressive to compete. Like it's one thing if I can look at a shoe, it looks similar and maybe it could be cool if it's slightly cheaper or if it's, you know, I'm, I'm likely to, to test it out if it's price point is competitive, but if the shoe looks crazy and is way out there, if it's, if it's, you know, and I know this is objective, but if it's not a good design, if it's not like a mass appealing design, then you can't really compete with Nike. You know, we've 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 said this before. and Robbie said this before. You, you take some of those old shoes from Under Armour, throw a swoosh on them and they look completely different. So I think there's a lot of design things that need to be addressed from, you know, from the basketball side. And I think that that would translate into training and, you know, the rock and running and all of that stuff. I think the bigger issue with Under Armour is much more about the type of people and the type of atmosphere that they have as a company. Because if you ask anybody that's worked there, it's very much like the old school Nike boys club, right? Nike's Nike and Adidas have figured out, hey, guess what? We can't just be a bunch of bros in the locker room making sneakers and making sportswear. Like that just doesn't cut it. Like you need to have different energy. You need to be able to have diversity. You need to have different people from different backgrounds, from different belief systems in order to make product that appeals to everybody because we're all so different. 
And I think this is something that Under Armour has missed the mark on tremendously. If you go back and look, like, I can't remember when it was, but I'm sh- I'm pretty sure a few years ago there was a whole thing where, you know, th- it was something like less than 20% of leadership was female. And that in itself just shows you kind of how old school way of thinking things are. And, you know, there was, I, I don't remember who did the article, probably a Forbes or a Business Insider or Bloomberg or something like that. But it was one of those things where, you know, they interviewed a bunch of women that worked at Under Armour. They all felt that they were, you know, part of the boys club and didn't fit in. And on top of that, they felt like they were pressured to work late hours, work long hours, then go out and have drinks with all the guys. And that like just doesn't translate in like the modern era of work, right? Like that's such a like old school way of thinking. I'm not saying that you're not going to have that once in a while in, in any job, because if you if you like the people you work with, you inevitably do that. But if it's if it's a closed off group, then it just ends up hurting. The vibe for everyone at the company, even if it's not spoken internally, because people don't want to speak up and and get fired for, you know, coming across as complaining. And I think that Under Armour has really struggled to have that because Kevin Plank is, is very much like that, that guy, right? He's very much like the, you know, and I, I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but like, he's very much like the high school football player that, you know, just figured out how to make money, you know, kind of having that whole like locker room vibe. And, you know, we, we all have those friends that get stuck in that position mentally and, you know, kind of, yeah, I forget what, what is it? What's the, the uncle on, uh, on Napoleon. Uncle Rico? <laughs> yeah. That's what I feel like. It's like, I can throw this football at that mountain. If you give me the ball again, let me just get back on the field. Man. <laughs> Dude, uncle Rico, you're like 40 something, bro. You're, you can't play with teenagers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have, they have a way. I mean, they're definitely lost. They just they they have to find a way if they want to succeed. I mean, they're still gonna have their loyal customers. I mean, everyone has a loyal customer, and there's there's underarm people. I mean, like I mean, a lot of a lot of com- like they get a lot of their stuff from a lot of their business from like company wear as well. I know a lot of companies will purchase a lot of Under Armour stuff for their, you know, for their shirts and jackets and stuff like that. So they have definitely a, a, a big following. But to if they want to be more competitive in in the field, you're right. Basketball is gonna be the way to start. You know, what's wild is that those same people probably ordering the Under Armour polos are the same people that are just wearing Under Armour at the gym. Should the same people who are the only people buying Under Armour. (laughs) It's like the rock fits that segment. So what you had the rock to reach out to what, 18 to 40 year old men. And then you had Aesop Rocky for like, what, a week and a half. (laughs) <laughs> to reach out it's like quote unquote the culture <laughs> and even like you know recent nba news boston guard marcus smart signed with puma you guys can't even sign like marcus smart and marcus smart's dope like he's definitely a good player N- not hating on his game or him at Man, all yeah. secure yeah. the bag but you guys couldn't even get like marcus smart like the last signing they had I want to say is either Otto Porter Jr., which I could be completely wrong and just making that up. You tell me. Um, or or um, 
Dennis um, Dennis Smith Jr. Was like the last, I guess. Also, Joel Embiid. But He's the last one I remember. Like, okay, so you have Joel. Yeah, right. Joel Embiid and Steph Curry. That's two all stars. Sure, that's that's awesome. But like Puma is out here scooping up all of like the B talent, A talent, A minus players were four or five years ago. That was Under Armour probably taking that athlete. But like Puma slid in and like Nick was saying, like basketball is kind of a really big barometer. Basketball stuff sells and then lo and behold, Puma lifestyle stuff is selling. So I think Under Armour just straight up missed the chance. And Puma is out here, you know, feasting because of it. Well, well, think about it. They have even more competition. I'm going to read you guys a list of names. And these are going to be some of Under Armour's big signings, not limited to NBA. And you'll you'll notice that all these people have one thing in common. No one really wants to be like off the field, off the court. Like LeBron James, people be LeBron James, like the way he dresses. People want to be Russell Westbrook, like the way he dresses, James Harden, so on and so forth. But the list of names I'm going to read you, you're like, eh, they're great at what they do, but that's about it. Tom Brady, Gordon Spieth, Michael Phelps, Lindsey Vaughn, Bryce Harper, Clayton Kershaw, Misty Copeland. These are your high-level Under Armour athletes that don't include Curry and Cam Newton. Everybody hates Tom Brady except for me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm saying is like, oh, I love the way well, I love what Tom Brady wore off the bus to get to to the game. That's what it's come to now. It's not no one's cares <laughs> except for, you know, us and all the different PEs on the court. And when I say us, I mean sneakerheads in general, but people who are just into like, oh, I like sneakers or I like fashion for the sake of like liking it, which is nothing wrong with that by any means. We're just we're nerds. It is what it is. But um those people, those don't, those aren't people like, oh, I'm going to check their Instagram and see what they wore. I want to get something like that. I, I've never heard anyone say that about Jordan Speed. They're like, oh, he's good at golf. Yeah, right. I mean, Tom Brady is in his bag with like the grown man outfits, very dapper, but that's not making me want to buy Under Armour. I can give a F less. Exactly. Tom Brady. I mean, I also think of Tom Brady and Uggs. So like Tom Brady coming in to Gillette Stadium is wearing like $8,000 loafers and a suit looking like a million bucks. LeBron also looks like a million bucks, but he probably has some Nikes on. So like that helps sell the shoes. Like or suit shorts on, you know? Yeah. I mean, from everybody you just said there, like none of those move the dial in terms of me and footwear. I'm a, and I'm a huge Michael Phelps fan. I'm a former swimmer. Like I love Michael Phelps is probably my favorite athlete ever. Ah, Kobe. Like Kobe, Michael Phelps, like right up there. And same sentiment. I can give an F less what Michael Phelps wears on his day-to-day life. He wears a Speedo. Well, wore a Speedo. He's not wearing no Under Armour in the pool. Like, they're all, they're all people you don't care about in terms of sneakers. And it's just, Mike, you said it best. I'm interested in what James Harden's pulling up in because his fantastic style translates into his sneakers. They directly play colorways into that. Russell Westbrook, what the hell is he going to be wearing 
Is he going to have completely unlaced Jordan ones on? Is he going to have some crazy PE? Like there's interest every time I see any of those people not dribbling a basketball. I, I a hundred percent agree. I mean, I think, you know, kind of going back to like, they're like, as a, as a corporation, they, I was just like, kind of trying to look up a few of the people that they pulled in and they're pulling in people that are, are, you know, are distanced from the consumer that they're actually trying to appeal to, in my opinion. Right. So, you know, they, they brought in, um, somebody from Harley Davidson, they brought in somebody from Duluth trading company. Like these are very much like, like, like you said, like, this is like the, you know, the guys that are buying Under Armour from Ross and, and, you know, going to the gym in it. I think like the rock is probably the most solid person, uh, not just in the physical sense, but like the rock is like the biggest celebrity that they've had. Steph Curry obviously doesn't wear much under armor off the court. He has his own deals with, you know, express and, and all of that. And I think that all the people that they have, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm by no means co-signing the Patriots, but I'm, I'm like a fan of Tom Brady. He's from San Mateo. He's from the Bay. I gotta, I, you know, like I, I watched him for a long time, but like, if you look at their roster of athletes, you know, they've had, they've had Eric Reed, who is like, you know, basically Colin Kaepernick's like closest partner when it comes to their, you know, um, like protests of the, of the national anthem, right. Or, uh, you know, of, of not of the national anthem itself, but their protests kneeling for, for the national anthem is is like front and center. It has been for the last, you know, how many years, three years of football. And Eric Reed's been an Under Armour athlete, uh, at least since probably 2014 or 15, I think. Um, but he's, he's, you know, still standing up for something that he believes in. And Under Armour, you know, has done a few things with him over the last couple of years, but they haven't like really kind of supported him in enough in a big enough way to really stand out and make a mark with it you know like nike turned that whole fear of you know oh my god colin kaepernick into a moment to inspire people to be better human beings and i think that speaks to the type of people you know that probably are invested in under armor heavily and you know they've got to do certain things to keep their you know not to bring, not to, not to, I hate that I'm getting too political with this, but you know, like they, they, I think there's a, I'll have to find it, but there was a, there was a, a quote from one of the stories that I read on Under Armour a couple years ago that basically said something along the lines of all the board members are the same. They're all the same bald man or something like that. And and that, like, to me is just such a huge, kind of, <laughs> you know, red flag of where you're at in, you know, in, in the modern, you know, now we can, like, I mean, I'm one of the few people that, like, I know back 20, 30 years ago was buying specific brands just because I knew that they supported certain things that I believed in. And I'm not trying to brag about it or anything. It's just like, it's important. Like where I give my money is important. Granted, there's always going to be, you know, things that you can't co-sign for a, a company or a company's decisions. But 
it's more and more important now and for them to kind of still be trying to push this same like sports where i mean i know you call it athleisure but like what's the difference between athleisure and nike sportswear people that are wearing like lululemon aren't necessarily going to the gym they're wearing it because it's nice good quality and it looks like they go to the gym right that's not under armor correct right I mean, Nike created athleisure. I mean, not, they didn't, if you go watch the documentary, it's like 20 minutes long. It's fun. But like without just do it and people wanting to just like be more comfortable, like, yeah, Nike sportswear is athleisure, like to the bone, like they are the Jesus to the church (laughs) of athleisure. But but even comes down to even simple things, just not even getting away from, you know, ideas of the company. If we go to bare bones, what people look at when they see Under Armour, like I look at the way clothes fit before I buy them. And for some reason, Nike has just we're just comparing the two. Nike has a better fit and better quality clothes. I feel like they take more time. They tape like I can go to Nike and get like a nice tapered jogging pants. As you know, it is great jogging pants season for us men. Um, as opposed to going to Under Armour, like I can fit five families in my freaking jogging pants. So it's just like I look more fashionable in Nike sportswear as opposed to the Under Armour pieces. And that's just like just I'm thinking just as a consumer. Yeah, and I think too, it, it you know just to kind of reiterate, I I I really think that the people that they've aligned with you know, are, are not people that people are looking up to outside of the gym or outside of their specific sport Mm -hmm. or, you know, where their success came from. And I think that that's, you know, that like, that's just a change in, you know, where we're at. We should, you know, they, they, if they can't see it with Steph Curry right there in front of them, that people look at Steph Curry and, and want to buy express, you know, like super, you know, kind of, I don't know, I'm not picking on express, but I feel like it's super uppity kind of, you know, clothing, right? I own some express. Don't come at me or anything. I'm not trying to be (laughs) like, you know, like it's a different way of dressing compared to a a Harden or Westbrook or, you know, any of these guys that are, you know, like super trendy because they're buying brands that are, you know, Instagram famous kind of things and that doesn't translate to sales of sportswear in any way shape or form unless you have the people that are actually you know buying the fear of god buying the easy stuff wearing the 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 brands that all the you know kids are talking about and that kind of thing so just i don't know i feel like i feel like this is like long overdue i'm not 100 percent sure that under armor can survive I know that their stock, I haven't looked at their stock lately, but at one point I think their stock was, you know, probably close to $100 a share, at least in the $60 to $70 a share range. And the last I saw it was around 20, which means they've lost a huge amount. I know like a couple of years ago, I think it was a couple of years ago, they posted like, you know, close to $50 million in losses. So um, I don't know. There's just a, a lot of, interesting stuff about this that i just don't think it all adds up i think that it's it's kind of an old way of 
doing business in the sportswear foot athleisure footwear industry and hopefully they're able to kind of move to a new place i mean you know in both these cases with mark parker and kevin plank these guys are still going to be involved in the business mark parker is going to be chairman uh i think kevin plank is going to be chairman and chief brand officer so you know i think seeing that for this decision for under armor is a little bit uh of a concern if i'm an investor like you know uh, not that kevin plank hasn't done amazing things to get the brand to this level but now that it's at this level it's been pretty stagnant for a few years even with steph curry who you know arguably over that time has been the bas best basketball player in the world or at least one of the top three or four won championships and you know they haven't been able to turn that into a successful you know category of basketball not a apparel or footwear right like it's it's very few you know at this point like i mean i have a handful of under armor shoes i'm always curious to see what people are doing in this space so i buy a lot of stuff i'm not like the consumer that you should you know be judging the success of a brand on because i'm you know i'm gonna buy a lot more than i probably should just so i can have the experience and share it with people like on this podcast but under armor basketball shoes other than the steph curry there's nothing right like i don't have any desire to even look at anything else i mean i know the hover was supposed to be a good a, a good shoe for them joel and bead played in it but again like it's just you know aesthetically it doesn't it doesn't do it for me and you know i do like the new the, the new curry i've liked the last few curries actually but uh, i don't know if i can't see myself wearing it on a normal basis i won't buy it typically like even with like the Jordan 34 right now, I can still see myself wearing that with like a pair of shorts just out normally just because even though it's super basketball centric, it still has design features that are cool. I don't see myself wearing a Hunter what, Hover Havoc. I can't remember the name of the shoe, but I don't see myself wearing an Under Armour basketball shoe like minus the Curry because they went to a low cut outside of the gym. I've been down. I've been down with the Curry. I mean, since the Curry Five, like kind of what Mike said, though, if I can't see myself wearing it, it's like, does it really matter? But from a design and look standpoint, they've been really good since the Five, and he's still been winning championships yeah. since then, and like being right in the race. So how they haven't had that? I mean, I said earlier, if he's looked back with the Curry One and Two, he was everywhere. There was marketing everywhere all the time and i don't know if it's just like you know there's always fatigue in the nba like there's lebron fatigue or like technically he could have won mvp every year for like nine years straight but they just get sick of lebron being so good like maybe everybody's just sick of steph curry being so good so they don't see the value in marketing like that but when it's your biggest athlete i don't see why you wouldn't still do it anyway it's just it's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh I think it's it's kind of uh it's 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 also just the time, right? Like there's a lot of stuff going on, you know. I mean I don't know. Uh it's it's just crazy. I don't really have any anything else to add to it. I th I think that this is we're just in that time period where there's a lot of changes needs to happen and you know, so some of it just long overdue. Both of these guys, I think, you know, could have 
you know, remove themselves from the kind of CEO role and let the next, you know, the next generation or whoever that is come in and kind of transition. But, you know, we can't really, you'll never really know until it's either dead and gone or, you know, rises back to a new level. So. Until the book comes out, whenever they write a book, we'll know why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that said, what, uh, what do you guys, what, what else you guys got on your radar this week? Any, any shoes that, that caught your eye? Well, I've come to a realization now that I, I, I still don't technically like to shatter backboards coming out, but I've come to a realization that I just want to win a raffle. I, that's it. I just want to try to win a raffle. That is literally the only reason I want to try to get those. So that's on my radar, but for all the wrong reasons. That's fair. That's fair. How about you, Robbie? <laughs> I legitimately wish you luck because, yeah, those are going to be tough. And I have a friend that's been wearing them in Vegas. He's the owner of Crossover, and it's been wearing them for just weeks. And they look pretty damn good on him. Does he like yeah, them? Yeah, I mean, he's been wearing them every day. All I mean, I mean, they look stupid. I'm I'm in three raffles right now. So I mean for me though, um earlier today, sneakers did a restock of the Stranger Things collection, like all the shoes. And that's been on my radar since like eleven this morning. And I just haven't pulled the trigger because I'm trying to be a good little boy for a little bit. I just dropped some shoes off the consignment shop. <laughs> Shout out to Index. So once those sell, I can then start buying more but until then i can't but the stranger thing is coming back i love it i love random restocks like that i love them more than anything it just it gets me excited even if i don't buy anything i've been excited about the stranger things shoe again all evening so like power to random restocks because mm -hmm. that's always on my radar until i see that it's not in my size anymore and then it, and then it kind of <laughs> subsides but yeah I'm riding that high, baby. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm all for the random restock too. I think that's like one of my favorite things as well because it, it, sometimes it's even stuff that I didn't think I wanted the first time around, but somehow end up like falling for the oh, it's, it's available now. Maybe I should get it. Gets me every time. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every freaking time. Uh, In that same breath, if I didn't get something. So let's say like a really good example is like almost every NMD hue, you know, Pharrell. And I'm like, oh, I like those. But then I didn't buy them. And then I see them for over retail. As a personal rule, I'm not allowed to buy them. It's like, dude, you didn't like them that much when you had a chance to buy them at cheaper. Why are you going to play yourself and buy them more expensive now? Like, uh, That's a pretty solid rule. Oh, I, can, I can I can understand that. But I, I don't know, like, I don't have any self-control, so I don't yeah, any of props to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if I loved it and didn't get it, that's a different yeah, story. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the shoe that actually caught my eye this week was uh, probably, I mean, it's probably not exciting for most people, but I'm actually excited that uh, Adidas is bringing back the ZX8000, like the aqua colorway, the old school, like, like that, like bright. Mm -hmm like kind of like bright Carolina blue with yeah. yellow neon yellow hits to it. Um, like purple too, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, so that, that's definitely, uh, that's definitely my pick for this week. 
noise. I like that one a lot. I saw uh, when I was entering a raffle for those those ones. I saw the uh, I think uh, sneakers and stuff was doing a raffle for those as well. Yeah, I mean, I figured if I pick that new colorway of the Air, uh, Air Flight eighty nine that came out, you guys would just harass me. So I, I wanted to just. <laughs> I would harass you. <laughs> the one you talking about the ones that are riding on it, like the uh, just do it. Yeah, pack? it's got like the Nike logo on the extra Nike logo on it. The swoosh, like an extra swoosh on the front. Don't, 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 don't get it to yourself. The classic one is fine. Uh, all right. Well, that pretty much wraps it up for this episode. Uh, my name is Nick Engvall. You can follow me at Nick Engvall on all platforms. Uh, more importantly, just follow at Sneaker History on all platforms. If you really fuck with the show, take a look on patreon.com slash sneaker history. You can contribute for as little as five bucks a month. And we would definitely appreciate your support in that regard. But uh, guys, why don't you let them know how they can find you? Yo, you can find me yet again another week waiting for Kanye to drop his album tonight. Uh, also, you can find me on Sneaker History as well or at Instagram or Twitter at MadWatcher789. What about you, Robbie? You can find me at R-A-H-B-E-E-702 on all the platforms. If you work at Nike and you're listening to this and there's an opening on your team, get at me. Oh, back. Shameless plug. It's a holiday. Um, all right. Well, we appreciate all of you rocking with us and listening, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Bye. What up, y'all? This is Nick again. Before you take off, I want to ask a few favors. First, if you're listening this long, I'm going to assume that you're enjoying the show. Consider joining us on Patreon for as little as five bucks a month. It's a big help to keep this podcast going, and we drop exclusive episodes every week on our Patreon page. Second, consider leaving us an honest review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate the feedback, and it also helps us grow the community that tunes in for the podcast. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. It goes a long way and can really make a difference in someone's day. Once again, we appreciate you all for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.